Hello, my name is John Tonsi, and welcome to the Connect Podcast with Indianola First Assembly. And I'm Joel Simpson, and our goal is to build community and relationships through sharing life experiences and God stories to inspire and connect with each other on a deeper level. Today, we are here with Matt and Bree Koch. Super excited to chat with them and, and get to know them. So with having both Matt and Bree here today, we will be splitting this into two episodes. So this is episode one of two. Starting out, you guys just recently led a marriage class on Wednesday nights, right? Yeah. We did. So how did it go? Well, it was the first time that we'd ever taught a class, but it was on a topic that we were both super passionate about, Yeah. which was marriage. And it was a eight-week series, and uh, it went really, really well. What led you to start this class? Well, marriage is something that both Bree and I are really passionate about. It's something that is kind of near and dear to our heart with how we were raised and kind of early on in our marriage, some of our struggles that we've worked through. And it's just something that we both really, really enjoy talking about and talk with other people about. So one thing that they don't tell you when you get married is like, it's really hard. Yeah, yeah absolutely. It's hard work. And that's something that I think uh, we both had to realize really early on that we need to put the work in when we first got married. So I think it's something that is so needed and really, really important. So before we uh, dive into that too much deeper, let's, let's back up a little bit and kind of start at the beginning. So how did, how did you guys meet? Yeah. So I had a high school friend and she was going to Simpson college here in town and we came down, another friend and I came down to go to a comedian at Simpson and um, Matt had classes with this friend of mine. And so she was trying to actually uh, pick up Matt. <laughs> so That's it didn't awesome. work out well for her, <laughs> but it worked out well for me. And so she invited him and he came along. And this was back in the day of like Facebook when it literally just first started. It was for college students only. And so I signed up for an account that night and that after the comedian, that's how he found me. <laughs> and I didn't have a profile picture or anything, but he um, came to the comedian with us and we had a great time. And he, I just felt him staring at me down the road the whole time, smiling. And so, yeah, I was but it like, wasn't like creepy or anything. Like <laughs> no, it wasn't okay, creepy. Right. <laughs> that was going to be my next question. Like. <laughs> yeah. It was kind of that, like, uh, he's looking at me. <laughs> no, I thought he was really cute. So um, afterwards, he, I think it, I, that night, right? You sent the message on yeah, Facebook? Yeah, that night or the next, the next morning or yeah. something Yeah, like so that. I think I woke up to a message. It was like, hey, this is Matt from Simpson. Glad you got to come down to, you know, enjoy the comedian last night. Hope to talk to you soon or something. And I still have that. And that was 2006. So oh, you saved that message. I have it on Facebook still, yeah. So, yeah, so we ended up, you know, I think just talking back and forth through, was it Instant Messenger? This is really dating us, by the way. It might have been. I mean, yeah. I don't remember. Like AOL? Yeah. Like, AOL days? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, you're like hearing I that dial that. tone for, you know, connecting to the I internet right now. I still have right nightmares now. about <laughs> that dial tone. Yeah, same, same. So, yeah, he, uh, we just kind of talked back and forth for a little while. And, and then we just decided we should, I went back down to Simpson and we had an official date. I picked a terrible movie. I don't even remember what it was called, but. We laugh yeah, it was about some it. Some horror movie, but it was. It I was don't not even good. like horror movies. It was not good. <laughs> I didn't know that's what it was. So um, yeah, so then we just kind of. I don't know if you have anything else to chime in on that, but 
Yeah, yep. what was your side of the story? I want to know yeah. what were you thinking? <laughs> I want to know why this... you were looking at me that way. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> this girl came down for this comedian, and, and uh, I was like, "Man, this girl's really hot. Like, I need to I need to figure out who she is." And and uh, so I just kept my kept seeing myself staring at her, and I was like, "Yeah, this is this is definitely the one that I need to pursue here." And and so out. we went to the comedian, and we had a good time, and and I was like. I need to figure out how to get in touch with her because I was like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to let this just Which sit idly by. Also is really great because now being a police chief, like your detective skills were awesome because when I signed up for Facebook, there was no profile image. It was literally just <laughs> Brianna Palmer at the time and he found me. So yeah, good he took detective a shot skills. At, he did. This was the one. I, it, was. Yeah. it was. How many could there be? <laughs> right. <laughs> so after that, like I said, we just, we just keep, talking back and forth and uh, we hit it off from the ground running. We have very similar personalities yeah. and she's about the only person that'll laugh at my corny jokes and she gets me. So it's an important aspect of marriage. Yeah. yeah. It was really good. My wife gives me a hard time cause I don't laugh at all of her corny jokes. <laughs> she laughs at so. every one of them. I even really though do. She doesn't think That's that great. They're all that funny. I'm working on things, it. So. I'm working on it. So, <laughs> so it's really funny. So Amanda and Jonathan are a lot alike. And so they will laugh at each other's jokes. And Amanda's like, see, at least somebody gets me, right? Like, anyway, so. Uh, yeah, it was, it was fun. So a couple of fun questions. What was your first job? My first job was working at Dairy Queen here in town, scooping some ice cream and making blizzards. So I did that. I started that when I was 14, right, right when you could start having a job. So I worked 14 through... 16, 17 there, and then went over to Walgreens where I was a pharmacy tech. So do you ever have an instant where like you turn that cup upside down at Dairy See, Queen? Back and then it, we didn't have to do that. You didn't that have to wasn't do that? A, that wasn't a requirement. Now, if you don't do that, like your blizzard's free or something like that. So we didn't have to do that. I feel like we should like use that. Like back in the day, we didn't have to do this, but now you should tip it and see <laughs> free ice cream. Yeah, I don't know if they do that anymore. I have no idea. They, they, I think they do. They usually, I mean, it's usually a pretty quick turn, like real fast, just in case, but because usually it's, <laughs> it's hot and it's melting. If it's sliding up, you can catch it real quick. <laughs> yeah. Um, my first job was Fairway. I was a, I'm trying to think of the term, carry out, I think is what they called. So push the carts, mm. which was awful during the snow, yep. by the way. Um, and then facing the shelves of, of all the products. And then, I ended up going to be a cashier. So I think I was there a total of like three or four years, I believe, but it, it honestly ruined me. I hate going to the grocery store <laughs> and that is part of the marriage that he, we, we, I do all the grocery shopping. Not, really? I mean, yeah. we go together, huh? but I absolutely cannot stand it. So he I do a lot of the cooking and the grocery shopping just because yeah. she has nightmares when we talk <laughs> about food or I grocery shopping. She's like, yep, absolutely not happening. So I, I worked at Fairway as well, and <laughs> I will have, like, a, I'll say it's a nightmare that I wake up and I'm scheduled to work at Fairway <laughs> and I forgot to go in. That's this a real thing. Yeah, it's something that happens. <laughs> it's, it's real. Like, really, it is a, that is a real fear. <laughs> One of my biggest things about, about Fairway was I worked in the produce department, and for years after working there, I could not eat a watermelon. I have to know why. Because they come in those great big toter bins and one of them in the bottom it's always was rotten. rotten. 
and I reached my hand in to grab it and it broke open and the smell was so horrible yeah. that I could not eat a watermelon for years. I'm over it now, but it took a long time to get over that. Yeah. I feel like produce is a touchy subject anyways. Like, <laughs> I can't believe I'm going to say this, but because <laughs> I am very picky about like, I don't want my grapes to be mushy. And so my poor husband we're over there feeling the grapes <laughs> yeah i'm over there feeling the grapes great. Like, <laughs> yeah, people awesome. looking at me like what's wrong with this guy <laughs> like, the percentage okay. has to be right okay. <laughs> my wife, they my have wife to be to firm this. grapes they can be mushy because they don't last very long then but i know i'm like that person making my husband you know make sure the grapes are <laughs> at the right firmness <laughs> I think grapes uh, are so difficult anyway because like sometimes you get them and they're super flavorful and then like yes. other times it's like sour. nothing or sour yes. or like weird or whatever right yeah it's a well there's like bag. so many different flavors of grapes now like it cotton used to be candy. just like the red and the green and now there's like cotton candy and moon drops are moon the best. drop grapes yeah and all these things so they, we're pretty uh, specific when we go to the grocery store about what, like what type of grapes uh, we buy. Yeah. I mean, I just go with the good old red. <laughs> yeah. Red table grapes, I think. Right. is what. Yeah. Yeah. It's can't go wrong. Grapes. Yeah. I didn't even know there was that's, a term for that. I, I think. Yeah. Unless I just made that up, but yeah. I'm pretty sure there no, I'm is. I'm pretty sure yeah. that's on the bag. Yeah. yeah I, worked, I think so. I worked at a grocery store, but I worked at Dolls. So I was, okay. I was in, in Des Moines. Um, now, also, I can't do, like, because of the online shopping, like, we I can't do that because they never choose the right produce. Oh. Oh, so yeah. it's always mm. like rotten or it's like on the last day. So I, there's just a lot of, he's, he's a champ with <laughs> grocery shopping with me. You know, the whole, uh, sickness and health. Yeah. That's her grocery sickness, shopping yeah. or <laughs> not. Yeah. Okay. Grocery shopping, right. so. Commitment. <laughs> so I do think it's interesting. I just thought of this is like how husband and wives divvy up like responsibilities. Yeah. Right. Like mm -hmm. that's an interesting thing and like how different things. So who, who does most of the cooking? Oh, that's for sure, Matt. Yeah, I would definitely. Do yeah. Most of the and if, do most I mean, of if he's not home, <laughs> I have like anxiety if, if I know I have to cook for him because he's an amazing cook and I don't <laughs> want him to like eat my food. So like the kids, they're fine. Like I'll, I have got some good staples. I can make right? spaghetti. <laughs> but the one thing that you do, you do do is when I'm in the kitchen, you're always right there kind of I hang in the out same with vicinity. Them. We hang out together mm -hmm. and that's where we have and a lot I clean. of conversations. There you go. Yeah. There you go. Oh, see, that's I make a, the mess and then she does the that's dishes. Oh, that's yeah. a good deal. Yeah. That's so a good it's like 50-50. He's like, I'll cook, but you clean. And I'm like, that's fine with me. So, And then so we have a teenager now too. So her chore is to do dishes too. Oh, so 100% well, like yep. kids, like that is 100% like have them help out with that. Cause that's, yep. And, and our I'm grocery dreading bill is for like them. tripled since she's becoming a teenager too. So. <laughs> oh, isn't that the truth? <laughs> yeah. It yeah. Is. We're going to have three teenagers by the end of the year and it's, you're going to need to, gonna need like to work at Fairway soon. <laughs> no, I know we're selling things so I can buy groceries now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'd say for like the responsibilities. Yeah. That for sure. And so cook, like he does the cooking I'll do the cleaning and laundry and he'll do all of like the outdoor stuff. So this is something that you guys sat down and you were like, look, let's write a list of what I will do and what I won't do. They've, over the years, we did like post-its. Remember when we did the post-its way back when the kids were a little bit, we were trying to figure out like chores per age. I do remember that, but we I like remember grabbed. They, were, they were very much, you do this and I do this, but now it's kind of morphed into whatever season we're in really. But we also kind of do things together. Like if we're 
fold and laundry will sit down and because we use that time usually to connect or to yeah. talk about our day or what's going on throughout the week or what's upcoming or whatever. So that's so important to be intentional about that time together. And that's something, you know, Amanda and I definitely had to focus on too, because mm-hmm. I, I don't like doing housework. I'll just be honest, like cooking, cleaning, all of that type of stuff. Like it's one of those, when I do clean, like I all clean really thorough, but I only do it like twice a year. Like, it's just one of those. I just don't. And so I've been working on that, but then just like hanging out, like, I think that's a big piece of it. It's just like being there. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so, you know, hanging out in the kitchen, doing those types of things or yeah, splitting, like cleaning up. And that's so, so important. And it's just those, those little pieces. I think it morphs over the years too. Cause it's like when you add in kids, then like we, he, him and Ava, well, all of us love music, but we'll like put on 20 minutes of music. It's like 20 minute cleanup session. So like everyone runs around. Cause I don't want to, I also don't love cleaning and cleaning up. And I feel like that's all I do most of the time on the weekends and working from home now I'm there all the time. And so, um, so you get to see the, I get to see it and <laughs> I have to time. work in it and it's meant like physical clutter is mental clutter for me. And so I've learned that over working from home now. And so we'll, he'll throw on music and you know, our neighbors probably wonder why there's always music so loud, but, um, we'll have to ask pastor Barry on that one. But so we'll throw that on and then everybody like as a team to teach the kids like you we all live here this is all of our stuff like let's do this together and so we'll do that every once in a while for like a cleanup quick session to just refresh the house and mom's brain feels better at the end of that nice well i'd say too going back to connecting you know we're coming up on 15 years of being married and you know our our dates you know, look a lot different. The grocery store, you know, (laughs) it it does. And it's one of those things where, you know, it may not be going out to a fancy restaurant and a shirt and tie and, you know, that traditional kind of date, but it's just time to connect. So dates definitely look a lot different, but I think we enjoy them probably more than the, the dates that we used to go on when we first started dating and when we were first married so yeah once the thing like once Ava we were trying to give her a responsibility of like watching her brother to start she wants to get into the babysitting so we started doing car dates where we literally get in the car we go to Casey's we get our favorite drink favorite candy or snack and drive around town and like just look at people's landscaping or like get whatever project <laughs> we're currently doing at our house um just to like one I don't know if you all have kids so you know riding in the car with a kid or kids and you never can connect with your spouse cause they're always chiming in or like, you know, butting in. And so we just like that time together because we can actually communicate without kids interrupting and like that. Yeah. I enjoy, I know it's such a simple thing, but I feel like it doesn't have to be complicated. No, it doesn't. And that's one thing that I think we've learned over the years is, you know, sometimes the simpler things are the most meaningful. So, yeah. I mean, there's times that Elizabeth and I have, gone on a date and we ended up at Costco. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh for sure. We've done the same thing. It's like a bonus if it's like sample time, right? Like sample day. (laughs) Yeah. No, I mean, it ends up being like, we don't have kids running around at, can I have this? Can I have this? Can I have, but we like get to actually spend time together and talk and yeah, it becomes a little more, a little more meaningful. Yeah. And not having kids, you don't spend as much money either. So I know. 
Matt's like exnade the kids from going to the grocery store with us because cuts they, our bill in it half. Cuts the bill in <laughs> <Right>. half, <laughs> especially with teenagers. <laughs> we started ordering online and it cut our bill like down so much because you're not walking through there going, "Ooh, yeah, that looks awesome." But I can't do the produce. I know. So. I know. <laughs> Maybe we should just like make the produce run instead. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yeah, it's so important though to for me. I have always struggled with like, well, what's the most efficient way? Like, right. Well, if we divide and conquer, right. Or you go do this, I'll go do that. But then it doesn't give you that time together. Mm -hmm. So it is just, you know, kind of setting aside and saying like, okay, let's go to the grocery store together and being intentional about that. How just those little things can be so impactful. And I I think it slows down life a little bit. So if if she's off doing her own thing and I'm off doing my own thing, it feels like we're just rushing through everything just to get the task accomplished versus actually being yeah. being there connecting with one another so well then yeah the end of the night comes and everybody's in bed and you realize you haven't worked on each other mm-hmm. yeah yeah well and i think once we found out when we did the love languages we found out mine's acts of service and his is quality time and so like him mentioning i just sitting while he cooks or whatever he's getting the quality time but i'm also getting fed so (laughs) so like (laughs) it was a win-win for us nice so tell us tell us a little bit about your family all right so we have ava she's 13 and kason he is 10 um and we have almost two-year-old he's not technically a puppy but we still call him a puppy kai um and we like matt said we've been married almost this upcoming november will be 15 years and um i think i mean when the doors are open here we're here (laughs) like that's kind of the like we made that commitment as a couple and as a family like when we started coming here this was going to be the most important thing for our family and Mm -hmm. um so far god's been you know super I don't know, in, like in every aspect of our life, like he's been showing up for us. And so even through really tough seasons, um, we always have our church family. Yeah. Like we always have that like community and fellowship and just support that we never had before we started coming here. And so we're very active here. Um, we're youth leaders. We've taught, you know, or led the marriage class. We've what else? You do the security. Yep. <laughs> um, You're in the nursery. I'm in the nursery as a coordinator. You like, guys hosted a life group we too. Hosted right? li- we've, we've hosted many, many yeah, life many groups, life yeah. groups. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. We've been kind of. I do design work for the bistro and sisterhood, and we try to be as helpful as we possibly can with whatever God's given us for skills or knowledge. Yeah, I think it's awesome. Yeah, I know Matt, you went to youth camp this year, so yeah, that yeah, was a great experience. That's fun. It was, it was, uh, it was a first. I'd never, <laughs> never done anything like that before, as far as uh, been a leader for a bunch of youth boys, which was a interesting experience. To say <laughs> <the least. laughs> I can only imagine. <laughs> it was great. It was a lot of fun. What do you both do for a living? So I'm in law enforcement. I've been coming up on 17 years. I've been with the city of Carlisle uh, as both a police officer and now I'm the chief. I've been the chief over there for six years. So I've been doing that for since 2007. I work for Spinny Tech and we are a full service 
agencies. So anything digital marketing, website design, I am actually on the digital design side. So I am the design team lead and basically we do anything you would see print wise, uh, marketing, social media, social media graphics, uh, motion graphics, video work. I used to film organizational videos for a client out of our home (laughs) for many years. Um, I love anything, everything process related, organizational, and obviously design. That's awesome. Yeah, I worked in technology. I've worked with a lot of designers and different things. Definitely used to that. Used you know work a lot of like user experience, kind of the yep. UI UX, uh, but more on the development side of that. So like yep. how to how to build an application so people use it and like what makes sense from that standpoint. So yeah, I actually moved. So I started there 10 years ago I've been there 10 years and um I was doing the design and front end development so I was doing all of the build out for the code and all of that and now I look back and I'm like how did I do that (laughs) I just love more of the design front end stuff sounds good so where do you normally sit on Sunday Oh, I called you out on this last week. I'm sorry. You were working. <laughs> I wasn't even here to defend myself. No, I was working. That <laughs> yeah, was great. Pastor Barry was talking about like people sitting on either the left side or the right side. And like if we weren't unified and I, so I, I called you out, but I said, we sit in the front because Matt says he's short and he also gets easily distracted. That's very true. <laughs> so we can't That's sit behind statement. anyone. That's true. <laughs> so I don't know if you heard on the live feed, but that was, I definitely called you out on I did that. Not hear that I just wanted them to know we we are unified and we do love the other side of the <laughs> so yeah yeah I have to sit in the front row because pretty soon I'm counting the hairs on somebody's head in front of me I'm like I gotta pay attention so I can't have and any I'm over here nudging him so you gotta like, sit by somebody bald yeah. so there's not <laughs> very <laughs> maybe that's why he, I mean <laughs> he actually can grow hair he just <laughs> choose to be bald <laughs> how did you get started coming to Indianola first We've been coming six years. 2018. So a little over five years. So yeah, we um, we had gone to the Indianola Methodist Church for about six months prior to coming to here. But I actually grew up uh, going to the Methodist Church. And then uh, when I hit that middle school, high school, I kind of fell away and didn't pick it back up until later on here in our in our marriage. We started coming in the first Sunday of January of 2018 and we were building a house down by Pastor Barry and we didn't, I don't even know if we knew he was actually the pastor here, but every time we drove by here, I kept kept feeling this pull of, you know, maybe we should really try out this new church. And um, we were struggling in our marriage and we just didn't really know the next step or direction. And we knew we wanted a like biblically sound, you know, Bible based church. And, um, so we, I think it was like, I remember it was a summer evening, uh, pastor Barry and Abby were walking down with her ducks <laughs> down the road and stopped. And awesome. so we always say is pastor Barry, Abby and two ducks that brought us to the <laughs> Lord. But, um, and so we got to talk and I think, I don't know. We talked for a while, 45 minutes or so. And then I think it was maybe six to nine months after that, we actually started coming Mm -hmm. here. Right. Cause that was summer and then January. So yeah, we, I don't know. We just felt led here. And so we got to know them a little bit, just building houses and together on the same street. 
But I think when we decided to come, we were, we'd had a conversation beforehand that like we were going to, we were going to be all in, you know, yeah. wherever we went, we were going to be all in. And that first Sunday, uh, we walked in and we sat in the front row, uh, in the center. That right was not of, by my choice, by the way. Right in front <laughs> of Pastor Barry. And, what a and, hit. Uh, it was just one of those things like, if we're going to do this, we're going to, we're going to do this with, you know, with everything we got. So, yeah. Yeah. And I think it was like the next Sunday where they did an altar, altar call and he pulled us up front. We were bawling our eyes out. Mm -hmm. I think he even was crying too, but it was just like, again, like the story on how we ended up here and how we met them. And we know that God was working it to get us here. And I'm so glad that we were obedient enough to, you know, to come. So, so tell us your testimony. Like, how did you, how did you first come to Christ? Well, kind of going back to some of the, the marriage stuff, you know, we got married really young. I think you were 20, 21, I was, just, just turned 21 and I've been 21 for three, three months. months, three days. <clears throat> so we were really young when we got married and starting off our marriage just was rocky. You know, we didn't have God at the center of it, which looking back, that, that was the root of a lot of our issues. And we just struggled. We struggled with, you know, finances. We struggled with communication. We struggled with a lot of different things. And it got to the point where we were ready to call it quits. We were ready to get divorced. And that was just the thing that, that you do, you know. We just, we had had some other, you know, other examples in our lives. Um, being in law enforcement, you see it quite frequently that divorce is, is a natural thing to do. And we were ready to call it quits. And I remember my mom, I was talking to her one day about it and she's like, well, I, I don't think you should give up quite yet. She's like, I think you need to maybe seek out some, you know, maybe some counseling or something like that and try to figure out if you can make things work. So I remember that day or the day after I had made a call and made an appointment and had started seeing a counselor on kind of a regular basis. Our marriage had gotten better. We had, we'd figured out how to communicate and, and how to, you know, deal with the ups and downs of marriage and things were going really, really well. But, you know, something was still kind of missing. We didn't have that, that wow factor in our marriage yet. We were still trying to figure things out. And we, we came to church, uh, like she said, that, that first Sunday in January. And we, when we came here, it, it was something that neither one of us had ever experienced coming from. She came from the Catholic Church and I came from the Methodist Church. So when we came here, you know, everybody was, their arms were raised. And, you know, we heard people speaking in tongues and things like that. And we were like no way this is this is <laughs> like, crazy what is that? i think i actually ducked when someone behind us was speaking in tongues because we weren't we had no idea to, what was we going had on. no idea yeah. and uh that that next sunday they had an altar call and we came down and we both had given our lives to christ at that point so it was definitely a god moment mm -hmm. um looking back i mean it's what saved our marriage was putting christ christ at the center of it because without him i think we still would have we would have been searching for that yeah. that wow factor and and it was God the whole time so yeah and I think when you say call it quits it's like we loved each other we didn't really want to call it quits but we had people telling us well that's just the thing you do you just get divorced and you move on and you know and it's like I never once doubted my love for him I just we didn't know how to communicate we didn't know what was missing we didn't know how like we both were raised differently and you know I came from a divorced family home and his parents were married but it's like communication is still 
something you have to work at over and over and like trying to figure out how to communicate to effectively understand each other. Well, I, th- I think that's it too, is most people that struggle in their marriage, you know, they, they love each other, but they don't know how to, you know, fix whatever is going on in their marriage. And it's that kind of, what do you do next? That's kind of the passion behind uh, why we love talking about marriage and why we wanted to do this marriage class was kind of the how to it's, it's everybody can recognize the problem, right? It's just, everybody can't necessarily come up with the solution, especially if you haven't been through it before. So, yeah. And I like, I think you said in our class was, and maybe you can explain it better, but the, the mentality of like, I think you use like a TV or I don't know if you want to explain that, but I thought it was good. Our parents are in their sixties and seventies. And you know, when they were, when they were being brought up and when they were first married, you know, it was one of those types of things where, you know, if your TV is broken, for example, you'd take it to a TV repair shop, you know, you mm-hmm. wouldn't throw it out. But in 2023, your TV is broken. You throw it in the trash and you go to Walmart and you buy a new TV. And yeah. there's very little uh, effort that has to go into the, the fixing part, you know. So it's this repair versus replace mentality. And society, we just think that, well, if something's broke or worn out, we can just toss it aside and we can get we can go get a new model or we can get a better model or you know a model that kind of works works the way I want it to work kind of thing and and that's something that we just kind of realize with with marriages it's kind of the same approach I mean there's people that you know if their marriage is is broken or worn out or whatever they're they're kind of in that replace versus repair mentality so hopefully that makes sense yeah it does you have to be intentional yeah Mm -hmm repairing because it's not going to work on it. At least I'm going to fix it on itself. Yeah. Well, and, and yeah, we definitely have that kind of disposable mentality about a lot of things. Right. And, and I struggle with that too, you know, even, even delayed gratification, those types of things working and being patient for that. But I think that the key is really just understanding that marriage is with people. And if you just go find another person, you're going to just find different problems or maybe the same problems. Exactly. Yep. If you don't change something, and I th- it, just as you said, if Christ isn't at the center of it, it's not going to be great anyway. Right. Like, yeah. It's only going to be, it, it's limited in what you can experience as far as a good marriage, unless it's based on Christ. Yeah. And if he's at the center and the foundation of that marriage, it can be so much better than anything we could imagine. Right. Yeah. And I think a part of our story is that, you know, I think it was right after we started, there was like a slide up on, you know, during a service, it was like, are you feeling stuck? And I was like, yep, that's me. <laughs> like, And it was for ultimate journey. And at that point I was so just stuck in a place mentally that I, from my childhood still, and I was 30 some years old, you know? And so signing up for that class, I did it. I went through all three phases and it was life changing for me, um, just mentally. And also that was kind of like the jumpstart into knowing who Christ was and that foundation. And so then I raved about it over and over. And then Matt was, once he finally could with his schedule and stuff, he took the first round. And, um, I think we realized after that, how much we were stuck just personally on our own, but then how that didn't benefit us together as a couple. So working through any whole, you know, anything that was holding us back 
personally, getting rid of all of that baggage only helped us become stronger. And we also learned to put Christ in the center. Well, and I was going to say too, that you don't realize how you were raised or the experiences that you had as a child or teenager, how that actually impacts your marriage because you don't know any different. You think, well, this is, you know, this is the norm. This is how things are supposed to be. Or you see how your parents, what their marriage was like, or, you know, the struggles that they had or didn't have or whatever. And you're kind of a product of that because you don't know any different. Yeah. And I don't think like, it's not faulting our parents. I think they only knew what they knew. And so us together decided, you know, we're going to learn from that and we're going to change that for our kids. We don't want that to continue on through our family. And yeah, so I think just being able to work through that and then also we both did it. So we both understood each other more because at the beginning I did it and I was like, I'm free. Like I feel great. And he's still (laughs) stuck over here. Right. Like, and so once he took it, we were really able to connect even further as a couple. And I don't know, it's just, I can't rave enough about working through your own personal issues to be able to show up better for your spouse. Yeah, that's good. So difficult to be vulnerable, right? Yeah. Ultimately that's what a lot of it comes down to is truly being vulnerable. Yeah. Which is not comfortable, right? No, it's super uncomfortable. <laughs> and I think that was one thing that was great about your class was we got into some uncomfortable conversations, but we yeah. needed to be, that encouraged us to be vulnerable. And, and I think that was really important. And I think as a guy, especially trying to be vulnerable in front of yeah. someone that you are trying to protect, you know, lead, be care for, like, you don't want to drag them down you know like those are the thoughts that go through mind or like you don't want them to think less of you there's a lot of emotional you know and just concepts (laughs) that you go through as a man trying to be vulnerable with your wife and but at the same time it's kind of that counterintuitive you know and the bible talks about you know the wisdom of man is foolishness in, in god's eyes and and it really is it's one of those where like god likes to work in kind of that backwards fashion sometimes where it's more the more vulnerable we are with our wife, the better that relationship gets versus us trying to protect them from that. Yeah, I feel like you could definitely because I was very, I tend to put my walls up to protect because I hate being emotional and I never want my emotions to run me, but they do. (laughs) So I feel like you could maybe speak to what he was saying on uh, once I was able to show up and like break down those walls emotionally, like be there for both of us at that point. Right. And kind of to add to that, um, you know, going back to life before Christ, what's the definition of societal definition of what a man is? You know, we're supposed to be this, this strong, no emotion, uh, protector, you know, kind of the, the man of the house per se. And that kind of leads to putting up walls yourself. You know, you don't want to, you don't want to want to necessarily, be shown as you know weak or a coward or something like that so before christ you could definitely make that picture of of what weakness could be for a man and then you know now being confident in who you are and and having christ kind of at the center of that you know you can you can be vulnerable you can actually share what what's on your heart because one thing that i've realized through this whole god process is god can take the strongest man and he can he can make their yeah them a pile of mush you know he, he loves us with an everlasting love and, and to be able to experience that, 
then you can truly love your spouse because you know what love is actually all about. Yeah. Well, and I think the world tells you, like you were saying as a man, like it's telling you that you're not good enough and God's already telling you you are. Like, and so with you showing up as who he intended you to show up as, like, I think that's where it really changed for us because you top with law enforcement on top of like, I'm supposed to be this man and I'm not supposed to show emotions, but like, it was really tough because I'm like, I I don't really know who you are. Like, show me some emotion or something. And I'm over here like the crying baby that can't (laughs) stop. Well, and in law enforcement, you just see... You know, you see bad situations. You see, right? You see, you know, you see the ugly and a lot of things. Yeah, you get desensitized a little bit. Yeah, there's not a whole lot of, there's not a whole lot of positivity from law enforcement because you're always dealing with people at their their worst. worst. It's their worst day or their worst situation or you know whatever's going on in their life. So, it's it's a lot. Like you have just an extra level of managing feelings and emotions Mm -hmm. with that type of job. But then, yeah, like he said, like once. God was in the center of that. Like, I feel like the empathy was coming back and you know, he, I, it's fun for me to see as his wife, like him. I mean, he cooks for people. He shows up and he's like, we're going here. We're doing that. We're dropping this food off. So it's like fun for me to see him love people again, because like he said, most of the time he doesn't see people on their best day. So I think it's, I don't know. It's just really fun for me to see that. Yeah. That's awesome. All right. So let's do a fun question. What is your favorite Bible story or hero? I, I know this is going to be a little cliche, but, you know, I like the story in Genesis of Adam and Eve just because it's a true depiction of man and wife and, and kind of where it all began. And I think that's, that's exciting. I think there's a lot of, well, I guess excitement is the best word to put it, just because it's about marriage and it's how that started kind of, that was kind of the first marriage kind of thing, so... I think it's so good because how God specifically said that it's not good for man to be alone. Could you, we, we're not, it's, it's not a good thing. I'm just saying, you know, we're left up to our own devices, you know, and kind of things can happen. Right. <laughs> and coming back to what we were talking about before is like, you're actually stronger together. Right. Right. You know, yeah. and, how that, and that gives you strength. So that's really cool. I think for me, I think one of the most impactful series that Pastor Barry had spoke on was the Ruth series. I don't know. I just felt like at that point in my life, I felt like I really connected with her the most. I feel like that, that is one I want to dive back into for that series. And I actually do have a Bible study at home. I need to open back up and start that again. But I think the other one would be just Jesus sitting in the boat and the storm, you know, and it's just like, just don't have fear. Like you should not have any fear whatsoever. I'm here. Like, I feel like sometimes I'm not the best at not letting my emotions, like I said, take over. And so just not having any fear, everything's going to be calm. It's fine. Like just trusting in Jesus, no matter what, like where we're at, what season we're in. And sometimes I feel like that's easier said than done. (laughs) I I think everybody feels that way. Yeah. Right. You know, just fully trusting and letting go, you know? Yeah. It's diff. It's difficult, especially, and it's not that I, I do have the faith of like, I, I'm not more worried about what's going to happen. It's just, I think it's just the human in us. It's just like that instant worry. I don't, I don't know how to explain it, but it's just, 
knowing no matter what happens, it's fun now for like, even in our current seasons we've been through, it's like, we don't know why we lost his mom, you know, like someday we'll find out we're going to ask, but like, it's just trusting no matter what the outcome is, there is a reason. And that is exactly the way that God intended the story to be. And so using whatever we can as either being vulnerable or inspiration for others or somehow use our testimony in our story to be able to help show up and comfort others that might be going through the same thing that we are. Last thing, because every married couple like goes through all of these yeah. things. You know, there's not one couple out there that everything is easy and simple yeah. for them. And they really just have to learn how to get through those seasons. And it's, you know, we can't really do it on our own. Yeah. You know, we need God and we need guidance doing, you know, this marriage class and trying to guide people through that. I mean, that's, that's awesome. Yeah. I think that we, when we talked about doing this class and picking out the series and some of it was in line of like a lot of the series of just working on yourself and your mental health of being able to show up your best self for your spouse and just be there for them. I think a lot of the I don't know, the inspiration for this series for us was to show up, be vulnerable, be able to show that side that I feel like society tries to hide. Like everything's perfect. Like social media, everything is absolutely perfect. It's just a square image of, you know, this family, they take all these vacations and they cook the best food. And yes, we do show the highlights, you know, of our life on there, but recently we've also wanted to share the not so good highlights, you know, losing his mom, losing his grandma. Like it's, it's just trying to show up authentically as much as possible because I feel like we're losing a lot of that. And I think that's where our stories come from. Like, so in this class, we wanted to show up in the middle of the craziness and just relate to other couples as best as we possibly could. I think too that, you know, everybody, Everybody thinks that their struggles or their issues, you know, are their own. Like yeah. other people don't deal with it. And we wanted to make sure that everybody understood that they weren't necessarily alone in this. Like, no, you know, the person that's sitting next to you might have maybe not the exact same type of situation, but something that they can definitely relate to, um, you know, know that you're not in this alone without God. Like those were two big things we just wanted to make sure that people knew is you're not not alone alone. other people deal with it and you always have God by your side so yeah and you always have other couples like rooting for you right like so coming out of that there was a lot of couples that would chime in and talk and I'm I didn't really know them and we all go to the same church but so it's been fun for us to get to know other couples and to be able to pray for them and for their families and just to more intimately get to know other people because I feel like that's the biggest impact for us is just how much people have loved on us and have been there through every season that we've been in the last couple of years. So, well, and I think too, what was really ironic about teaching this class was we just lost my mom. Yeah. So, you know, we were dealing with a lot of stress and things like that. And this, this gave us more time to be intentional to actually talk about marriage and to connect as we were preparing for this class. So it was just one of those, one of those God moments, like he's showing up, Hey, we want you to 
yeah. teach this class, but it's also strengthening your marriage at the exact same time. Yeah. When and we need it the most. Strengthen so. others too. Like that's, I think that's a powerful God moment for us because I'm not going to lie. It, I get overwhelmed easily sometimes. So it's like we had all this stuff going on, a house, basement, finish, his dad moving in until that next season of his life. And it's, it was kind of like, I naturally put up the walls of like, I don't think I can handle doing all of this, like prepping. And, and when he said that and I was like, okay, no, again, take the motions out of it and just really think about how God is going to use this moving forward. And we've had so many people reach out and just thanking us for being vulnerable and showing up even during the difficult times. And, Mm -hmm. um, again, just being real with where we are. Like we didn't hide that. (laughs) Well, I think too, when pastor Jared asked us to, to do the class, we, we were not in a position to be like, yep, absolutely. We'll do it. No, Um, (laughs) but we were obedient and we were like, you know, you know, pastor Jared asked us, this is something that we feel really passionate about. This is something that's on our hearts. Um, and you know, God's blessed us through that, you know, through this, this whole process, um, with losing my mom and, and my dad moving in, we've since, uh, been able to find him a town home that he's going to be moving into shortly. And it's just been really neat to kind of see, you know, the fruit come out of being obedient, you know, and, yeah, and who knows, you know, where would we be if, if we hadn't been obedient, would we still be looking for a place? Would we have, yeah. you know, had some rocky times ourselves or, I mean, Whatever, everything so. has fallen into place. It like really has. there is literally no townhomes in Indianola. I'm telling you, we looked for months while we were selling his house. And I, we, it was just a God moment there too, because of just who through this church ended up finding and helping us find a place for him and having, mm-hmm. you know, the knowledge of that. And so just being able to step back now and see like, it is exactly laying out exactly how God intended it to, even though let's be honest, we were like, uh, is it going to live with us forever? <laughs> like, right. And he feels awful. So it's like, we, we just want to, and everything has just been unknown and we've, you know, your dad, we just really want to, after everything he's been through, just like get him settled again. And then the ultimate goal is to get him retired so he can start having Sundays off to come to church with us. Well, the crazy thing too is through, through all the difficult times that we've had the last several months with losing my mom and losing my grandma, there's just been this peace. And, you know, normally in in these types of situations, it's the most chaotic times of your life, you know, losing loved ones and things like that. And it it hasn't shaken us. We've, we've actually been able to use it use it to inspire, to, others, to inspire yeah. others but also to just it's it's been grounding for us i mean it's just it's been really really neat to see just the the level-headedness that god has brought through this whole thing like normally it would i mean these are these are stressful types of situations yeah and we've had a lot of them in the last several months and this is just something that that god showed up and made happen so yeah and we we we've asked each other several times like why are we so calm like we just like lost a bunch of family members and and i think i had a conversation with pastor barry at your mom's funeral it was just like we know ultimately where they ended up like matt literally prayed his mom into heaven 
which is a whole nother God story. And so it's so fun to see now his faithfulness for that moment. Cause, um, I mean, even just looking back now, it's just like, we know, we know where they're at and we know that they're saved. And so, um, being able to be part of that, I mean, it gives me goosebumps. It's just, we're so thankful for those moments that we had with them before they did mm-hmm. ultimately and leave this earth. being able to use those moments to, you know, the whole, the whole reason why we're, we're on this earth is to, to share the gospel and to build the kingdom. And we've been able to use a lot of those situations that we've been faced with and use those to help to other people, hopefully bring them to Christ, um, for them to maybe be, if they don't know Christ, for them to be curious enough to, to, to hopefully find God. Yeah. And I think just ultimately living your life in a way that people start to see the fruit, you, you go day to day and you don't really notice anything until someone starts telling you, Hey, you act like you're walking a little differently or you're a lot more joyful Mm -hmm. or like it's, that is the fun part because you start to see people change. And, um, especially like here, you get to know everybody on a more intimate level. And so it's just fun to see, but also be like their biggest cheerleader. You know, it's like once they do accept Christ, it's okay. Just wait and see what unfolds next. Right. For sure. It's so awesome to see how God changes people's lives. Okay. That brings us to the end of episode one with Matt and Bree Cope. Check back soon for episode two.